I am vengeance. I am the night. I am also a podcast. I am a podcast. 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 Oh! It's a show. It's a show. Audio only, though. What is it about? If you have time, I can tell you that it is a podcast about Batman, a Batman podcast. Uh, what did you want me to say in this part? It's a show. Yeah. Yeah. I am a podcast. Whoa. Hey. with fans and people. Welcome to Batman the Animated Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Michael, and you're listening to an interview variety show for your ears based on the legendary 1990s cartoon, Batman the Animated Series. Today's sponsor, Black Mercy Vacations. For the fans of travel dying to take a trip to an alternate, happier reality while their body lies pleasantly grasped by a parasitic space plant. Now, we're taking a detour from Batman and diving into our very first Justice League Unlimited episode, which also happens to prominently feature Batman. So, today's episode, for the man who has everything. It's Superman's birthday, so Batman and Wonder Woman take a trip to their best Trinity Buds Fortress of Solitude, only to discover he's been trapped in his own mind by the space despot Mongol. Original air date, August 7th, 2004. Written by J.M. DeMatteis. Adapted from a story by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. Directed by friend of the show, Dan Reba. Music by Lolita Ritmanis, also friend of the show. I'm just going to say friend of the show anytime somebody's appeared on the show. Uh, Animation services by Dong Yang, with George Newbern as Superman, Susan Eisenberg as Wonder Woman, Kevin Conroy as Batman, and Joe Chill, the gunman, Eric Roberts as Mongol, Dana Delaney as Loana, Lana and Lois, merged into one name, Mike Farrell as Pa Kent, Josh Hutcherson as Van L, and Christopher McDonald as Jor-El. Today's guests, Madeline Carypel and Toby Jones. Maddie and Toby are not only two of my good buds, but also two insanely talented people who have worked at Cartoon Network and in animation for years. Maddie is the supervising director of Infinity Train, which is how we met way back in 2017, and before that was a storyboard artist on Steven Universe and Regular Show. Toby, most recently, was the supervising director and many other titles on Cartoon Network's OKKO Let's Be Heroes, and also worked as a board artist on Regular Show as well, and created the short AJ's Infinite Summer. He's also got a narrative comedy podcast called Toby's Tall Tales, which I sometimes pop up on. They're two of the funniest and hardest working people I know in the animation biz, as nobody calls it. So without further ado, let's get to that interview. All right, well, we're doing it. I'm talking to Maddie and Toby. Two friends, two hey. humans, pals, <laughs> pals well wishers. Yeah, are you here to well wish the podcast? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> felt like I'm here to, I, I, came to, I came to wash the podcast. Is that okay? <laughs> a well washer. Yeah, actually, if you could, we've never had a well washer on the podcast, yeah. so the podcast, that been, well is filthy. It's been sitting in a well. It's dirty. <laughs> it needs to be washed. That's what I'm here for. 
I mean, some people might say that. This is now very intermittently updated. So it's like, yeah, it's the sixth anniversary that I release this podcast every, you know, <laughs> once a year. Uh, so it's probably like a dirty well that needs to be washed symbolically. <laughs> All right. Uh, so with that very normal intro. <laughs> yeah. Smooth. Let's. Let's dive into it. What What is your background, I guess? Because I don't fully know. I mean, like Maddie and I work together. Toby and I are friends through Maddie. And now we have talked about a lot of things in general. But I don't know what you guys grew up with DC animated universe wise. Like, what's your background with this stuff? Well, as a kid, I only watched like when this was when this stuff was airing, like when Batman the Animated Series came out, I pretty much only watched comedy cartoons. I, uh, at the time, I found any dramatic or action cartoon boring. Uh, and then when I got a little bit older, probably after I got into anime, I finally kind of became aware that like, oh, these these shows are actually really cool and they're very stylish uh, and the stories are really good and uh, and and they're 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 darker than other shows. They do adult stuff. And so I started really getting into them a little bit on like Cartoon Network and reruns. And then also when the DVDs came out, I had friends uh, I'm a, I'm a Rahorab, actually. Uh, Alex, Alex Horab from Infinity Train, friend of the he, show. Previous episode, the Worry Men. Uh, <laughs> he he bought the DVDs day one, and he came over to my house, and we and we we were watching them that way. So that's where I started to really get a bit more of an education uh, on these. And I, and for me, like seeing Mask of the Phantasm was the big one, where I was like, oh man, this stuff is really great. What about you, Maddie? Me? Oh well. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I just uh, I think I caught them mostly on Cartoon Network. At the time, um, it wasn't something that I was actively seeking out, but I think I, it's one of those shows where I've watched a lot more of it than I realize if I actually went through and I'm like, oh, yeah, that one. Oh, yeah, that one. Oh, yeah, that one. And uh, I also watched stuff on the WB. And so, like, when Static Shock did that crossover episode, I was like, whoa, check that out, huh? <laughs> In the big leagues. Crossovers um, are just intrinsically fun. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, my uh, the most invested in a DC property I've been is Teen Titans, the original Teen Titans when that was on. They got me with that pseudo-anime aesthetic. Ooh, they got me good. Got their hooks in me. Um, but yeah, so I enjoyed all the DC shows, Batman and Batman Beyond too. That was really cool. And uh, I watched my fair share of Justice League. But uh, I didn't quite remember this episode beforehand, before Toby recommended we watch it. Yeah, so when I reached out, uh, Toby specifically wanted to cover this Justice League Unlimited episode for the man who has everything, uh, which is like this famous comic book, you know, written by Alan Moore and, and you know, Dave Gibbons. They both did it. Uh, the Watchmen duo. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, why did you pick this? Because, I mean, it is like, you know, a famous story, good episode, but. Yeah, well, really, it just came down to the fact that I looked at the list of, of what episodes were available and. On your storied podcast at the bottom of the well, uh, you've covered many uh, of the of the great, interesting episodes. And so I was kind of like racking my brain a little bit on the ones I've seen and remembered. And it just happened to be that my friend Cody Cook from Fargo, he just showed this episode to me a couple of years ago. He was like, I think you'd like this. And uh, and I was like, thrill me. Uh, and he, sh <laughs> he showed it to me. And, and yeah, I thought it was fantastic. And so that one stuck out. It stuck out in my memory. Uh, as as being a, a unique, cool episode that happened to have not been covered yet. Granted, it's not a Batman episode. Um, and so th that, that's really it. It was just one that I happened to have seen the last few years and really liked. 
It's fun. I it's any, any excuse to talk about the other like Justice League stuff is super fun because I have not covered it yet on the show. We we dove into Static Shock a little bit and some Batman Beyond, Superman, but this I think we maybe need to take a second just to talk about the theme song to Justice League Unlimited. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote uh, down okay, I, no no disrespect intended to the design firm responsible for the theme song and intro, but I in my notes I just wrote. Um, at this point, uh, why even have an intro at all is the note that I wrote, uh, which is very no disrespect, but, uh, here's the cutting comment. No disrespect to the very well after effects PSDs that were floating around. The song is, is, the song is pretty bad. No disrespect, but it would have been better if you made nothing at all. (laughs) (laughs) No, cause no, I actually looked them up afterward. I'm like, wow, these guys have done a lot of really cool things. Uh, and I think that it was also. At the time, it was cool. I remember it's like, oh, you don't really see stuff like that. Yeah, and I think that, I don't know if this is before or after Batman Beyond, but I feel like the Batman It was after. The Batman Beyond intro, I feel like. I mean, that one is. That one was a really good job of being like, let's take a bunch of assets we have lying around and do something really cool with After Effects to make it into a cool intro. I feel like this was a little bit, maybe a little too pared down. And what is your opinion of it uh, uh, when you saw it? Oh, I have multiple thoughts, but I think like just the visuals alone, yeah, they leave something to be desired because it's a little bit of a clip show too, and a clip show that I think spoils a, a lot of the major beats. So, that okay. was bonkers. <laughs> and again, I, I'm not a Justice League or a Justice League Unlimited aficionado necessarily, so you can tell me maybe is it is it a th- is it a thing where every episode has clips from the the show you're about to see, and then also focuses in on whoever the central characters are of the like group of thirty. It like zooms in at the end, being like, "This one's about these three. Is that kind of how everyone goes? Yes and no. So let me let me walk you through it. a little DC animated please, theme please. song history. <laughs> so you know you have your Batman the animated series original. It's like a short. It's like this beautiful short. It's one of it's the great pitch the show of with. all time. Mm-hmm. I- incredible. And then you get to like kind of these clip shows when it like evolved into the new adventures of Batman and Robin and these Batman Superman adventures where it was like a clip show, but it was like. I don't know. It seems like something that would be like elegantly cut together and had new kind of sweeping music. Superman was a clip show. Justice League, it's like a much more slow, majestic thing where they mm-hmm. started. The original Justice League was like two parters. So they were like, we can only tell these episodes in like, you know, 40 minute chunks mm. uh, for the first two seasons. And that had no clips. And it was very slow and like kind of like this like, you know, triumphant march. Right. It was like CG. It was like CG silhouettes of the characters like slowly marching toward the camera. And I'd say it like stylistically looked cool, but didn't it looked better than this, I would say. And then then they added the clips into this. And I I think they did continue using the clips, but they didn't always zero in on the hero at the end. Mm. So it was just always the same kind of group shot. Uh, and it was like an expanded version of it with a rock and roll take. To be generous, it feels like they might be going for like a weekly adventure serial type thing. Where it's, Absolutely. Where, yeah. I think it went from like a, hey, this is going to be like this. Uh, I mean, at the time, I think Justice League, the, the two part seasons were like this huge accomplishment like you'd never seen like you know a shared universe grow from one character to like seven mm-hmm. uh and they had like seven regular characters on the show so i think this was like a, hey let's just go into all the goofier characters yeah uh, and have like and, one-offs and for you since you're, you're saying this is the first time that this show has been covered on your podcast um for you as like a super fan of of batman the animated series like where were you at when this show was coming out because this is just the second episode of the show so like wh- where were you at as a fan at this point I was super excited that there was more stuff. I was in college when this came out. 
So I was like, I can't believe the show that like came out when I was six years old. We still have the same Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think that's why, spoiler, I think the thing that hits emotionally home for me the most is the Batman section. Because uh, I'm like, this is this character you've grown up with for like 20 years, uh, having his heart broken for five seconds on screen. <laughs> yeah, he gets to see his dream of his dad being a pretty good fighter lived out. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty decent. He's pretty yeah. good. He dreams not about himself being good at fighting and stopping it, but he dreams about his dad being really good at fighting and stopping it. Yeah. I think this episode was, I liked this better than the first one. I think the first episode was kind of like a weird team up of like Green Arrow and Black Canary versus like kind of a kaiju sized like radioactive monster, which Mm. is fun. But it was um, a little bit uh, more, I I think, like kind of comic comedy based, Uh, you know, it's like action comedy more than this, which felt kind of like had a little bit more of the gravitas of like the other stuff. So I think when it originally aired i was more into something like this but have come to enjoy all facets (laughs) (laughs) all facets welcome yeah (laughs) um but yeah so i think the theme song i was not happy with when i first saw it i was like (laughs) i was like what the fuck is this and since then i have an appreciation for it i was like oh yeah this is like the perfect uh like goofy kind of rock and roll version but it's like a perfectly scored version mm. of that <laughs> yeah i guess maybe they're they're maybe responding to some of the people who maybe felt that the 44 minute justice leagues were like a little dry uh and they were going for something a little bit more uh a little bit more um punch in the face yeah but uh, those execs and yeah. more toys i bet more figures you know <laughs> oh yeah to sell when action figures were a thing that people kids bought um <laughs> the first season of, of justice league is a little bit dry like they're finding their bearings there are some good episodes but the second season i think is like mwah like maybe the perfect mm. kind of blend. I'll I'll shoot you some wrecks. <laughs> Please do, so we can watch them on HBO Max. HBO Max. <laughs> yeah, these are all streaming on Big. HBO Max. Uh, Where HBO so. meets much more than was before. <laughs> but also, you don't get some of the things that y- you wanted on HBO as yes. well. <laughs> Another excuse for people to foolishly not watch Enlightened. They, they just need to watch Enlightened. It's so good. I could spend the whole pod talking about, like, we need season three of that show. I think of, like, Laura Dern plays such a perfect middle ground between, like, hateable and lovable. Like, Mm. just as she's about to do the right thing for herself. Well, maybe it's time for uh, Batman the Animated Enlightened podcast. Yeah, that's right. You you showed up to listen to talking about Batman? Too bad. We're talking about Justice League Unlimited. Too bad. We're talking about Enlightened. What can I say? You've already seen Batman? Time to watch Enlightened. It's just as good as Batman. Too bad we're not going to talk about that. We're going to clean a well that you can't watch. <laughs> you just got to sit and listen to us cleaning the well. Get your rubber boots on. We're getting down there. Oh, man. I did not expect to talk about Enlightened within the first 10 minutes of this podcast. I'm just assuming it's on HBO Max and not enough people have watched it. So, you know, there you go. I would highly recommend it as well. Um, well, let's dive into this, this comic book adaptation uh, that was kind of pretty faithfully recreated for animation, although I can kind of like chime in with some differences if you guys want to know. Well, th- there's there's, some, there's there's an inherent thing with uh, maybe I'm getting in, into this a little too early. You you read the comic this is based on? Yeah, I reread it this morning, so, so kind of have it fresh. When it comes to episodes like this that are very they're like very high concept, um, I kind of judge them on how much they do or do not commit to the concept. And this one does seem like it's a little bit for whatever reason, afraid to fully commit to like really just showing us long sequences of Superman's dream world. And there's a lot of the kind of wraparound action thing, 
is that or is that not faithful to the source material? I'd say it's pretty faithful to the source material, but I'd say Superman's flashback is very different. Oh. So like it, it alternates and it's like beautiful in the comic too. And I think the directing is is pretty good in this too, in the way that it kind of cuts back and forth. But uh, I think in the source material, it's much, much less like emotionally driven, like about the kid hmm. And, hmm. and kind of about Krypton exploding again. Um, it's actually very politically relevant to today somewhere hmm. it's like a lot about like extremist groups on krypton and like hyper conservatives like his dad once he failed like in this reality krypton didn't explode and his you know jor-el is like i fucked up he kind of veers into like being this highly conservative you know uh guy who champions like the sons of rao and they kind of look like kkk dudes in like red hoods holding like little crosses and stuff Whoa. and then so, you so know it's more like critical of of what superman might be dreaming about you it, could say well it's weird i think it doesn't work as effectively because it's not really um an idealized version of his life as much yeah. it's like it's like yeah necessarily want to hang out in that world <laughs> no like his dad is like fallen you know into this like kind of crazed like conspiracy theorist and then uh supergirl or whoever like kara is is in the hospital because she was attacked by you know she's kind of like uh, she was attacked by anti-phantom zone people there's like an extreme liberal oh. group that's like hey like people in the phantom zone still deserve their rights too so it's like very critical of extremism in politics and kind of like superman is caught in the middle and that's sort of what's i think shaking his world is like this all doesn't feel right but i think it's simplified with like yeah krypton's exploding again that yeah. feels easier to digest yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe we're just not giving this plant enough credit it's a true artisan and it's like, it knows that if it were too good, it wouldn't be believable. And so it adds in a little bit like, look, life isn't perfect, but you wouldn't believe it if it was. So we got to throw in a few curveballs, like, you know, political extremism and your loved ones in the hospital. Yeah, I'm the Black Mercy, you know, uh, I got a paintbrush and every tentacle, baby. Yeah. I'm an artiste. <laughs> Uh, but the Mongol stuff, all the, the fight is like pretty similar. The huge difference is Robin is in it. Oh, uh, so Batman and Robin show up and Wonder Woman shows up separately and Robin's kind of the one to initially remove it. Uh, and he's kind of nervous about like, he's like, I've never been to Superman's home before. Like, I think all the stuff that works in the comic and that they sort of do here is like, yeah, wouldn't it? it they, these guys would celebrate each other's birthdays. That's kind of yeah. a fun and, and, and the way it starts is so, it's just so adorable. This like, very like normal conversation between Batman and Wonder Woman, just talking about what kind of gifts to get for the most powerful being in the, yeah. in, in the universe. It's like, it's so cute. Yeah. And I truly love uh, the joke that hit for me was like thinking that Bruce has a gift card and he's like, no cash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just the, the logic of like these characters who now know each other for a very long time and are, are the God, the gods of this, you know, and they're just like, the whole thing of like the accusation of the gift certificates, like, oh no, yeah, not a gift certificate. Bruce, He's like, I would never. It's cash. It's cash. Forty dollars. And I think that's it's what gold it's, coins. It's the best investment you could make. You see, it'll never depreciate in value. It's twenty-two minutes just of that. Yeah. Uh, they don't Listen, even I've like looking get into to Bitcoin. Superman. I think that he might really be into cryptocurrency. Wait, cryptocurrency? Yeah. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I call it Batcoin. Uh, this is me circling back. I created and a of... cryptocurrency. I'm trying to get it started. I feel like he can maybe, if he puts it on his suit, he can advertise it. We can really make something happen. People looking at the news is like, weird that Bruce Wayne is really pushing this bat coin, huh? He'd, to he'd totally be into it, though. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is all about like just completely disregarding any sort of rules. Uh, yep. uh, <laughs> I have a lot of money. I'll make my own money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do think that some of the fun of the comic and this episode is basically just them diving into like, what if they're just people, you know? Yep. Uh, and mm-hmm. then pretty soon after this idyllic intro, Superman's standing there paralyzed. Yeah. Awkward. <laughs> yeah, Toby, do you have your sound effects cut? Yeah, that's the cold open, right? There's the, the, the it breaks on the uh, the shot of him enslaved by the purple creature. Uh, one quick thing I just wanted to mention that I really enjoyed the backgrounds when uh, they're flying to. Uh, to see Superman, like the glaciers with the clouds overhead. I just thought that the color scheme looked really cool in those opening shots. Yeah, yeah really beautiful stuff. Also, the first, I think, uh, Invisible Jet appearance in in the show, I feel like they tried really hard to justify things in like Justice League, and they were like, yeah, now we're going to just do this stuff people know about. I read that bit of it trivia. It felt very Wonder Woman 84, where it was like, suddenly she has that. Yeah, I was very surprised because I was like, this major part of Wonder Woman just didn't appear in the entire Justice League show. Yeah, I, I think in Justice League, they even like depowered Superman, which I think upset fans because they were like, how do we not have Superman solve every problem. Yeah. Uh, and I would say emotionally, uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, but I think they like kind of de- lowered his powers, you know, so so he would seem like he needed help a little bit more. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think they kind of figured it out in the second season. And so I think similarly, they were like, yeah, we, we can't just have an invisible jet. How do you explain that? And then they just had it, which I think was in the trivia that maybe we both read. There was supposed to be a movie that they got to script and then it was canceled. Never experienced that before. No. In our I mean, imagine, imagine, imagine writing a whole. Huh? Imagine Not having a, a whole talented team of people and writing a whole movie. And then having it just be like, no, let's not do that. Like that's 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 wild. Yeah, I've never experienced that, and it's not painful. Yeah, <laughs> but also like that movie that you're describing. So that was like written during the Justice League era, and they were just like, don't do that. I think it was yeah, like we're gonna bridge it, and so it was supposed to be concurrently happening. So it would like bridge Justice League to Justice League Unlimited and explain kind of why people were, you know, why they were opening it up. And I think they do that in the pilot episode of Unlimited, but it's like pretty rushed. It's like, okay, we have too many things. We need missions with different Listen, people. Credit where credit's due. They kept that operation, that production in various forms going for so long. Like I, I, I watched this, uh, this, this uh, like uh, IGN video about the making of Batman Beyond. And it was literally just like, well, we have all the staff here. Let's make another show. Okay, they want a teen show. Okay, we'll make we'll make Batman Beyond. Boom, we're in production. It's like just you know keeping <laughs> what a dream. Keep, letting everybody you know everybody keeps their jobs basically. They were doing three shows essentially at once. I think. I think they were finishing up the new Batman Adventures and Superman and Bat and starting Batman Beyond, which seems yeah. like a nightmare, but also yeah. a dream. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those dream nightmares, kind of kind of like in the original story, I guess. Uh, so we. After this beautiful opening, we have our cold open. We go into the theme song. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, we just kind of get to the meat of it, uh, which I, I didn't really go beat by beat with this. Um, but I did I did like immediately, I think it's Kal-El being woken up by a little like cute Brainiac robot, which in this continuity, Brainiac was responsible for blowing up Krypton or helping people not know about it yeah whoops. which was kind of fun uh, <laughs> to see him as a, a cute little guy yeah uh, and i like that krypton uh 
Kal-El in this universe lives almost like on a Kansas wheat field as well. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say like, mm, space farm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite beautiful. And just being like, yeah, this is, you know, spending uh, a, a, seg- a large chunk of the episode, I wish it were larger, uh, in this idealized dream life of, of Superman. It's like very cute. Uh, the things he chooses to dream about and like what he, what he ends up landing on. It's like his, this like conflict free universe that he's in. It's it's it's, it's great. And then um, I lost my train of thoughts. So we'll be, oh, <laughs> uh, the the thing about this this kind of episode where it's where it's like oh this character doesn't this character is experiencing years of time passing and they don't know it and they're just sitting and they're actually under this sort of trance. We just by complete coincidence in our watch through of Star Trek TNG, we're watching it for the first time. By complete coincidence, right afterward, we watched The Inner Light, the Star Trek TNG episode, which is one where Picard goes through something a lot like this. Yeah, they encounter a probe that blasts him with a beam of energy that makes him live through an entire lifetime on this space farm colony. Uh, And he, Mm -hmm. he has an entire lifespan. He has a wife. He has kids. And... Decades then, pass. And then he just wakes up on the Enterprise and it's 25 minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> but he's experienced like 40 years. Yeah, and, and Adventure Time did it too. They did that episode Puhoy. And yeah. I realized I just love the format <clears throat> of, a, of a character going through an alternate lifetime. Uh, yeah, it's great. They even did it in Batman. There's, a, there's an episode, Perchance to Dream, where the Mad Hatter basically kidnaps him or like you know is able to subdue batman and he's like i just wanted you off my back so i put you in a dream world and so we you know it's a whole mystery that yeah batman is is trapped in this world where like batman is somebody else yeah <laughs> so he just gets to like live his life and uh hey, we've all be been there we all married just to Selena be like, Kyle. Can someone else deal with my problems please <laughs> I also like that there's a continuity where Batman <clears throat> has experienced this twice and has different versions of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is, you know, probably uh, realistic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to how we all dream up different things. Yes, dream. Wait, which uh, episode number of your podcast is for Chance to Dream? Oh, man. My guess, and I don't know, is 14. I just want you to plug your own, your own, be like, uh, plug your own podcast within the podcast. <laughs> I don't know, but I, it was a good one. We talked to Alan Burnett, who is the, you know, I think like story editor, head writer, basically another, like, he feels like he was one of the biggest voices in the show once he was brought on. Mm, cool. Um, and other people don't remember. It was years ago. This podcast is six years old. <laughs> One of the things which was fun for me as a fan of this stuff was uh, his his hybrid partner. Superman's partner is this hybrid of like Lois Lane and Lana Lang. Yeah. yeah it, it took me a moment to even understand what was going on Same. there. Like I was paying attention to all the details in the hair color being like, wait, Lois Lane has black hair. This is dark red hair. So it was like piecing together, piecing together as you watch is one of the really fun things about it. Yeah, it was like the design, the hair design of his, you know, high school girlfriend mixed with his you know lois and it was the voice of dan like dana delaney the voice of lois from the superman show which was fun and then she also they do refer to her being some sort of journalist in this universe as well yeah yeah in the comic his wife is an actress she's labeled she's called very pejoratively oh the actress (laughs) the actress and also i will (laughs) say his shitty dad you know by by this point it was like okay because again the dcau had been existing for years and years and years at this point and like no other universe could you possibly get away with a like three minute scene of two adults in bed flirting and having a boring conversation with each other. Yeah. Like wow. we could, we could never in a million <laughs> years do that in any of the cartoons we ever worked on. So I'm watching it. And I'm like, wow, this is just two adults 
laying in bed chatting. Uh, how about that? Like, imagine. <laughs> yeah, I think when Justice League aired, it aired, I, I want to say like Friday nights. Like it was like a 7 or 8 p.m. Like either like pre-Toonami or like the beginning of Toonami was new Justice League stuff. So I feel like they were veering into like, okay, this is for teens and yeah. we adults, which I wish they would do that with other stuff. Bridge shows. Nowadays. Yeah. Or the, the, but, bridge, the bridge from 6 to 11 to, uh, to adult and teen. It's like, yes, that is the thing we all want to work on. That's true. <laughs> yeah. And luckily we got, you know, uh, alien dog shit. <laughs> something. <laughs> In the show. Yeah, don't worry about it. Brainiac, uh, could you... Um... <laughs> clean it up, please? Yeah. I guess, and they sort of allude to like them maybe about to have sex. I don't know. Uh, there's, yeah, there's... Or, or they have, or will, or yes. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, like... it's, it's a horny scene. Yeah, it's, and which is true to the comic. It, there's, a, there's a horny lead-in, too, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that Alan Moore writes into it. I remember uh, there was we... a scene in, in OKKO OK where we showed two adults kind of having a bedside conversation um, and it lasted just a few moments and it got flagged like, Hey guys, uh, you know, see if you can, but it actually, we, we got it through just fine, but it was Weren't like, they not actually in bed. They were sitting on the bed. Yeah. They were fully clothed sitting on the bed. Yeah. Oh, um, I thought it was like, they were in two chairs that had pillows on the back. No, so no, no, it no. looked like a bed. <laughs> oh, that, that you're talking about a different scene. Oh, I yeah. see. There's a, there's a scene with uh, two, two adult characters in a flashback, but we, but yeah, it, but even like the act of showing adults in these situations in, in a, Kids show, it, it feels like something that is is uh, trouble. Forbidden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're really, it's all adults, especially in this show. Yeah. Like, we have that little kid, little uh, van. Van. Good old van with his eye head, whites. Head size changes uh, <laughs> sometimes. And Look, uh, like, the designs, the design theory is solid. Two things. These shoulders are out of control. <laughs> Everybody's shoulders are... The shoulders are just... They, they just fill the space of whatever space there happens to be. The it's shoulders like, will hey, we're in widescreen now. Let's go, <laughs> let's go all the way out. Uh, yeah. Just knocking everything over in the kitchen <laughs> as they're walking around. And I think uh, poor Van has a little... Uh, a few too many, uh, like, additions to his face. Like, he has to have the chin dimple. I get it. Uh, but, you know, the whites on the eyes... Yeah, the idea that, that, that a, just a, that a child too much going on for me. Yeah, a child has a more detailed face than the adult kind of like breaks your brain slightly. Yeah, because I, I love the super 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 simplified designs they do in in the show. You know, where you go into Superman and he doesn't have eye whites and it's yes. all very very stripped down. I think it works really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even in Batman Beyond, I think Terry's little brother is designed more similarly to the other characters. Mm-hmm. I don't think he has eye whites, um, but in this. If anything, it's like when he appeared on model, it felt like what I assume is on model. He looked good, but there were some shots where like his head was like golden eye, big head mode, <laughs> uh, or or like there's like he looks up at something like very closely and he has a very like derpy smile. There was one shot. Uh, yeah, whoa. And he's got and he's, the thing is he's got crypto, which I love too. He brings in crypto and they they name crypto. Now you can tell me. Crypto, had crypto ever appeared in the DC uh, AU at this point? I don't think so. I mean, there was kind of like a, not in the same continuity, but there was a Crypto, the Superdog kids show that Paul Dini, I think, was involved yeah, in. Yeah, but that was a little bit later, I think, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was either around this time, yeah. or it, but it was separate from this continuity. So I think they threw in like Crypto and like Little Zod's party, because General Zod wasn't in this show. They used these other Phantom Zone villains, Jaxer and Mala. <laughs> mm. uh, Got to say all the fun names. Yeah. Honestly, all the specifics... 
were so pared down, which I think was a good thing compared to the Alan Moore comic, which I wrote down some of the craziest words. Like, I think the first time I read this, I was falling asleep and I couldn't get through certain sentences because <laughs> it was like all made up sci-fi jargon. It's like, we're going to take the Paragondola to Atomic Town and you grab the floater and we'll deposit more drills. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's true. Uh, that completely rules, but in its own way. I mean, it wasn't all jammed together, but there were other words that were crazy that were jammed with those words. <laughs> I feel like if I wrote that sentence, I would feel that my life had been worth living. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was fun, but yeah. We got Candor, uh, which is the bottled city in the comic books. There's oh. Brainiac Shrinks the City, and which I think is like such an untapped fun idea for a movie, if they ever did that. But, yeah. But let's talk about the other end of it. So like while Superman's living this idyllic life, uh, we have kind of Batman and Wonder Woman uh, facing Mongol, who is the villain of the episode. Now, I don't know anything about this villain at all. Can you fill us in at all with, with any kind of detail or history? Uh, cracks knuckles. Can't do it. <laughs> Can I tell you about this guy? <laughs> so in the comics and in, in the cartoon, in Justice League, there was a two-parter. And he basically, if this is an episode archetype where it's like person is trapped in dream reality... He came from an archetypical episode of Space Gladiator Battle. Mm. Ooh, so yeah, he is this uh, despot of a place called War World. And I think Superman is kidnapped and like, you know, ends up there and has to like fight his way out. Kind of like the the Hulk stuff in uh, whatever the Ragnarok movie, a little yeah. bit like that. Um, so Mongol is just he was kind of a boring space despot in in his first appearance, like truly like the coolest thing is just Eric Roberts does a good job voicing him, in my opinion. It is cool. It feels very unique. It's like strangely pared down for like the giant size and like and drama of the character, which is cool. Yeah, he's got a Clancy Brown vibe. Uh, <laughs> but I think he's way more interesting in this. I mean, he's more of an absolute shithead. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> yeah. Make, they make a point to oh, make totally. sure he's like saying things that are specifically going to make you hate him throughout. You know, his, his like very heavy misogyny, for mm-hmm. example. Yeah, and he... It's more of a woman's weapon. Truly. And they lean into that. I think in the comic, he's he's played up as even shittier, uh, which I think maybe is the juxtaposition between like the, the extreme conservative and other politics in the dream. And then outside of it, he doesn't even choose to enter. Like they don't know who he is, which I think is fun in the comic where they're like, who are you? And he's like, well, if you don't know me already, then. I'll just introduce myself as uh, the last thing you're ever going to see before you live. You die yeah. or something like that. <laughs> oh, but he you. like, uh, what does he say? Th- this is Mongol's line from the comic uh, when he's like looking at Superman. He says, perhaps he's playing as a child in whatever sordid aboriginal backwater he was raised. Whoa. <laughs> Jeez. I'm like, oh, he's very racist. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I think uh, they just leaned into the sexism here. And so there are a lot of. Yeah, that one's fine. There, there, there yeah, are a lot of extended cool. sequences <laughs> of, uh, of the characters fighting fighting him, uh, and I need to immediately get to the one that jumped out to me and Maddie. Oh yeah, which is the and I'm sure you're thinking of the same moment where Wonder Woman has this giant laser, laser cannon, cannon and she says "Go to," and then she is censored by the sound of the laser cannon, which makes a Howie scream. <laughs> it makes the. Howie scream, which we use constantly in OKKO, and it was just this glorious moment of so many wonderful things come, kind of <laughs> converging at once. I loved it. I think it, 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 it's like sometimes that stuff plays cheesy, and I'm like, no, you did it. That, yeah, <laughs> you drowned out the word you can't say. 
but we got it. I mean, I'm I'm sure that if I had seen that when I were when I was like a, a teenager or or a, or a preteen, I would have thought this was the absolute most badass thing I'd ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> and that's time I hear a howie, from the again, howie as laser, that's just innovative sound. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's like panel for panel, like certain things that were pulled right from the comic like that, I think. <laughs> but, what, I think but was she able to in the comic say, hell? Yes. Yeah. She <laughs> whispers it. She goes, go to hell. <laughs> no, and she, she screams, looks around like, I'm not going to get in trouble, right? Oh, geez. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just a petite lady. <laughs> yeah, she, she, she does that. I think we also have like, happy birthday, Kryptonian. Like, I give you oblivion. Uh, like that line. <laughs> that's cool. Rip from the headlines. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's interesting. I think it's supposed to be played for drama, but there's a moment. So, like, they kind of split off immediately. Wonder yeah. Woman is, all, like, seemingly defeated by Mongol. And so they kind of rearrange it because, like, that Howie scream moment is actually one of the first moments in mm. the comic. So, like, she doesn't play possum. Uh, but I think Batman trying to rip the Black Mercy off while other shit is going on, he's like, oh, it's not working. <laughs> when he throws something down, it was funny to see Batman as like a petulant child. Yeah, he's yeah. just like, God, uh, everything's supposed to work out for me. I'm Batman. Uh. I haven't plugged into HDMI 3. I don't know why it's not showing up. <laughs> Bruce, Bruce, just let, if you let me, I, I think, just we could Google it too. Yeah. No, I'm an adult. I know how this works. I can make it happen. Okay, yeah, I'm going to go. We'll go. I guess we'll get the, make the popcorn again. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> uh, but we get to, yeah, Batman's trying to rip it off, and uh, Wonder Woman is, well, eventually beating the shit, at, or getting the shit beaten out of her by Mongol in the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, which I feel like is a little bit of a bummer. We didn't get to see her wail on him a little bit more. Yeah. Yes, yes, I agree with that. I also wanted to see her ideal life. Me too. We get, yeah, we get... Well, Superman, feels we get yeah. Batman, and then, I mean, time's up. We got to throw this thing back at Mongol. <laughs> Truly, yeah, and in both the comic and in the uh, cartoon, she, mm. she doesn't get that. And I think in the comic, it, it feels a little bit better because Robin also doesn't get it. There's, like, another mm. character, so it doesn't I feel see, like yeah. the one person who doesn't get their story told uh, is the woman in the episode. <laughs> I love it if in the comic, Robin gets it put on and it's just the exact same life. He's just like, what can I say? I'm just a happy guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just him strutting down the street. Yeah, he's just like, what? I like this. This is good. Yeah, um, but- sure, my parents died in the circus, but I'm okay with it. I am yeah. who I am because I- of my trauma. Yeah, yeah he, like, well visits his parents' grave, like, hey, guys. Great talking to you. Well, I got to go help Batman. <laughs> yeah, this is a purple tentacle monster going on. I got to work on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is something that happens in the comic. Uh, just to throw it out there. Uh, at the end, Mongols, we see Mongols uh, kind of vision of it. Mm-hmm. But the way that it's played is the beginning of his dream is that side by side as, as they're wrapping the Black Mercy around him or throwing it down at him, he thinks he's defeating them. So you see the end of the fight play out with him victorious ah. and then leading to him kind of taking over the planet that rules. That's, cool. people. that's really cool that's clever yeah it's very cool yeah uh i mean the way we have it now my where, best life starts right now yeah the, the i mean I, I don't know if we're skipping to the ending too quickly but the, but when they zoom in slowly to his face and you just hear screams it's yeah. very funny <laughs> like that's that's hilarious yeah very effective mm-hmm. um and i say it's funny because it's so dark and uh, horrifying but it's it's it is also funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these are all goofy characters too. Mm-hmm. 
Just like, what would he dream about? Just distant <laughs> sound of screams. Yeah, I wonder. He's not even taking over the world. He's just listening to his favorite, like, uh, Halloween scream sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> I never normally have the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mongol, will you hang that one over the door? I think it's motion activated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, for the man who has, for the Mongol who has every Halloween decoration. Yeah. <laughs> Work it out. We'll punch it up. Oh, thanks. One of those bone spiders. I'm going to put this in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of uh, animals, skeletons uh, that don't necessarily have skeletons yeah. that are now like a, a popular <laughs> yes. Halloween it decoration. Like, cool like a shape. <laughs> I can't uh, deny the appeal of a skeleton of any any kind. <laughs> no, I own at least two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one full size, uh, posable. Not one of those giant ones that we saw this last year. I know. Oh, the twelve, the twelve foot Home Depot skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> one of the most inherently funny images on the yeah, planet. Yeah, it's great. I'll tell you this, and this is uh, you know something that the podcast audience probably doesn't care about even more than what we're talking about already. I think the Dairy Queen that we used to, or Foster's Freeze, one of the two near where we used to work together at Cartoon mm-hmm. Network, has one of those big skeletons <laughs> over Oh, it. really? Wow. Uh, or at least I saw a picture online somewhere in LA, and I'm like, well, where is one of those still in existence? It's like that, yeah. or maybe Highland Park? I don't know. Mm. The, I, someone should have like mapped it out in an app, like the uh, the 12-foot skeleton tour of Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> I take it. What else are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, back to for the man who has everything. Yes, yes. Uh, so we get to kind of like Superman's, you know, meeting with his dad and stuff, and you know, things are starting to get unsettled. There's there's an explosion. Uh, you know, he mm-hmm. he's, he thinks that Krypton's exploding, and his dad is like, "I was wrong. Why can't you accept what's you know things are good? You're crazy." It is, it is interesting that they specifically call out like. Oh, I thought the thing that happened for your from that made that was your origin story was going to happen, but it didn't. Like he calls it out specifically. It's interesting. Yeah, like I had to rebuild my reputation after that. I, to me, that's like such a fun little detail because it's. I feel like I don't know if you guys ever have dreams where it's like I couldn't even have the best version of my life in a dream. Like I still was like anxious about this one thing or whatever. Yeah. Where it's like so I'm in a mask in the middle of COVID in my dream. Yeah, I just I just had one of those last night. <laughs> yeah, I guess they call them nightmares. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of it. Every waking moment. I mean, nightmares. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, but it's it, it's cool. It's cool the way that the dream acknowledges the reality. Yeah, yeah. And it's because it just it just goes to show like how deep into Superman's own brain it's it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and paired. I think the, those like idyllic or like slower scenes paired with like these just. Some of the most brutal action the show, I think, has, has had dug into up to that point. Like, I mean, Mongol ends up like disgusting looking. Yeah, yeah his face is all messed <laughs> up. And again, and again, having worked in um, <clears throat> children's animated television, being able to show so much actual fist on faced violence, I'm very jealous. Yeah, dang. <laughs> I mean, they like he he picked up Wonder Woman's head and just slammed it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and and I think the boarding. I don't know. You guys tell me. Uh, I thought it was like well boarded and directed. Like the action in these shows generally play pretty well. It's very like grounded, which is cool to see. You know, it feels like a lot of efforts being put into making sure that like they feel it feels like something that this is not an insult, but like it could have been done in live action as well, where it's like these could have been real people doing this stuff. Yeah, I think some of the coolest shots were when Superman first gets the Black Mercy taken off of him and he's like, I got to get revenge. (laughs) And like the really cool shots of him zooming off super fast to 
tackle Mongol is pretty awesome. You feel the, you feel the deep you emotion the of Superman, which yeah. is not a common thing to feel. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think they hold back like he's so contained and restrained uh, that I think like these moments play only because they've they don't overdo it. I think this happens like I don't know, a few like three times in like the 20 year history or whatever of all the DCAU shows and it's like always so satisfying. I think in the Infinity Train writers room I'm sure Horab and I showed some clips uh, <laughs> and, and one of them is like this, I think it's the finale of like uh, justice league unlimited where like Superman, basically this other big space despot dark side is going to take <laughs> over, you know, he's uh, going to destroy the world for, for lack, you know, or the universe. Uh, and Superman basically is like all these years, like, you know, I've been too nervous to like, you know, use my full power. Like I'm worried I'm going to crush something like cardboard, but you can take it big guy. And it's like so fun to watch and be like, I'm just going to fucking shred you (laughs) to pieces. Thanks for watching. Yeah. Ooh, it's good. I would, you know, just watch the entire series leading up to it because it's more satisfying. Uh, Okay. Of course, of course. All right. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, This is, this is a little bit off topic, but like uh, my same friend, Cody, who showed me this episode back when it first came out, he showed me, the like finale finale of the justice league that crossed over with like Batman beyond. Yes. And I was like, I have barely enough context to understand why this is cool, <laughs> but I can tell that it is cool <laughs> Yes, <laughs> at the time. It is. It takes some huge swings, uh, yeah. which, but it ties together all of the shows. And I believe the final shot is of, well, actually it was meant to be the finale and then they did another season. Uh, but it's like the one that ties Batman beyond into like the mask of the phantasm and yep, like, yep. you know, Terry McGinnis is a, you know, kind of Bruce clone kind of a half clone, um, that was engineered by the government. <laughs> so <Wild>. it's insane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and it, I think it like generally plays, I wish it was more than one episode, but they, I think they end it with like a shot, like a mirror of the first shot from Batman, the animated series, like the, the man bat episode. And it's like a shot of the moon. And like Kevin Conroy does the voice of like a blimp pilot and stuff. It's very That's cool. Great. And I have to imagine that episode is also the farthest into the future we ever see of the, of this universe as well. Yes. Yeah. And, and they kind of gave a, a little bit of happiness too. I, I, if I remember correctly, uh, to, to old Bruce Wayne, like Terry is kind of helping take care of him and he's, you know, Bruce isn't alone. That's a little that's a little finale sidebar for everyone. I'm sure you'll cover that episode in six years. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> also, I haven't seen it in years, so I could have just gotten all the details wrong. Yeah. It's like, wow, my fanfic just somehow went right into this episode. Weird. Uh, I've got a pitch if anybody wants to hear it. Yeah. Uh, I think my favorite part of the finale was when was when Vegeta came in yeah. and, started, and started kissing. Like I love that yeah. part. Oh, what a crossover. <laughs> Uh, and then we, yeah, we have all this like action in like the Kryptonian kind of zoo or like the, the alien zoo, which is one of my favorite locations. Yeah. As a, as a not super deep, deep, hardcore, uh, fan, I was very surprised when the zoo appeared. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. It's I in love the all comics. the stuff like, oh, she's in the hall of weapons. That'll buy some time. <laughs> That's great. It's wild. It's like, yeah, Superman's got a huge <laughs> Arctic mansion. He's got like a Guillermo del Toro's space where like he gets to decorate however he wants uh but the alien zoo plays pretty prominently you see him start it in i think the first like 1996 like one of the superman episodes they uh, wow like he he it's another like superman gets kidnapped and he's the last kryptonian so he's put in somebody else's zoo and so 
when he escapes this place, he rescues all the animals and he's like, I'll keep you all safe on Earth. Dang, so, good on you, soups. So it's just fun to see them kind of, you know, place it in there. And that's, yeah, the comic, I think that has them fighting through there. But uh, Alan Moore has a lot of little moments where, like, because it's a comic, he's describing, like, all these weird animals and what they're doing. <laughs> so, like, one of them gets scared and dissipates into gas and it smells like gasoline. And it's like, all right. Fun detail. As, like, Mongol is, you know, beating the shit out of Superman. See, actually, that's the biggest problem with the episode is that we don't see one of the animals explode into gas and then hear Mongol, com- Mongol comment, smells like gasoline. Like, because it, didn't do, because it didn't do that, it actually is kind of an abomination. Yeah. yeah leaving I- money on the table, really, just... Well, and I think he should have said stinky, stinky Superman. <laughs> Smells like a poopy fart in here. P.U. And then he puts a big clothespin on his <laughs> nose. Wait, he doesn't really have. Does he have a nose? I kind of forget. Well, in the comic, uh, he has a known, nose and a huge clothespin. So. Yeah, he, okay, good, good. He, he looks at Wonder Woman and he says, uh, did you just rip ass? <laughs> <laughs> and she says, birthday. go to. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got our parody video ready. <laughs> Just in time, too. Wow, I'm glad we got that in now in 2021. Yeah, it's relevant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I think, you know, I don't know if you guys, did you have anything before we get to uh, the, the Black Mercy being pulled off of Superman? Not specifically. It was just, it was cool to see the way, I mean, he, he definitely, like, he realized it very quickly and it was very interesting to kind of see him be very, like, he's like, okay, I get it. He's like, okay, this isn't real. I'll see you guys later. He's like. Uh, not as emotionally destroyed by it within the reality of it, which is yeah. kind of interesting. Actually, it kind of reminded me of another Star Trek episode where Riker is uh, being manipulated uh, via holograms, I think, at the time, to think that he woke up 15 years in the future. Oh, and I love he's that been one. married and had a kid in the meantime. And he has to, like, bond with this kid. And it's like, ooh. Um, and then he, of course, realizes that it's not real, but he has to give up the idea of this kid that he was trying to, like, legitimately be a good father to. And it's like, well, got to shut down that simulation. Sorry. See ya. <laughs> it's like, well, slugger, yeah. here we go. Yeah, so there was a scene kind of like that with, with Superman and, and Vin. Yeah, and that was really uh, good, very effective of, like, uh, it's like stupid duty and responsibility that I always have to put first. No. Yeah. And, and we, and we, I guess we already kind of discussed how cool it is after, after the thing gets ripped off, seeing the way that the way that Superman responds to the realization of kind of what has happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I, I do think, man, I, I wonder how much of it was, it wanted to be a two part episode just as they started these like, uh, <laughs> 22 men episodes. Cause it felt like it wanted to breathe a little bit more. Um, cause we got the emotional beat of like him, like crying as he's saying goodbye to his son with like yeah. explosions all around them, but we just didn't have a lot of time with them together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Well, and I don't know, cause I don't know who's kind of, um, you know, who's, whose idea it was to do them as 22s instead of 44s for this season. Yeah. I'm not sure what the, what the priority was there. Um, I feel like. I don't know. I feel like it fits decently well into a 22, but Mm -hmm. I would love to see a 44-minute version. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Yeah. Uh, So after Krypton rips ass, uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, and Superman, you know, uh, goes crazy on Mongol, uh, we get the Batman getting stuck in the Black Mercy's world. Which It's just just so fun. You're just like, you're like waiting. You're like, oh man, who's it going to get? Who's it going to get? And it's very exciting. It's very exciting. And it's just like, once they've established this concept, you want to see, it's like we said earlier, you want to see everybody 
uh, get to have their dream. And so yeah, yeah it, and it was nice that we got to spend some time in it when, with Batman's dream. And that it was in black and white. I like that it was yeah. shot, you know, it was like reminiscent of kind of the animated series vibe a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, It'd be funny if that was just to reveal that Batman's been colorblind this whole time, like <laughs> severely colorblind. He can't see anything. Uh, yeah. In the previous episode, uh, he couldn't read in a dream. So the fact that he can't read potentially and is colorblind. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, when people told me there was yellow on my suit, I was so embarrassed. <laughs> I qu- quickly switched to just black and gray. Yeah. That was just a big, that was, I, I was so awkward. Humiliating. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a very, again, it's very, it's a very like, it's very like sweet to see these things. And, and like we come, like I kind of joked about earlier, the fact that in, in his fantasy, he gets to watch his dad be cool. Yeah. Instead of him saving the day, it's just like, oh. Yeah, you really see that it's like, he really, all he ever wanted was his family back. It's like, oh, sorry, dude. It's <laughs> devastating. Yeah, and he doesn't tell them about it, which I yeah. think is, you know, classic Batman, like, bottles it up and just is like, he, he like, what does he say? Something like, he doesn't deserve whatever it's showing him. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever some it is, better it's version too good of that for line. him. That's it, yeah. Uh, but I do like, we, we see Joe Chill, the guy who killed his parents for the first time. Uh, in ah. the, the only time in the DCAU, and it was voiced by Kevin Conroy, which I think is a fun Whoa. little detail. He's like, I don't have a very big imagination. My, <laughs> my dream, everyone just sounds like me. Everyone speaks in my voice. Surely oh. you understand. Hi, I'm your mom. Uh, <laughs> I'm vengeance. That's actually not too dissimilar to, uh, we watched a Disney's Doug episode <laughs> recently, and I had forgotten what Doug's mom sounded like. And it's kind of like Minnie Mouse a little bit. <laughs> oh, Doug. <laughs> Someone doing an impression impression of a parent. Yeah. So the episode ends after uh, they're able to rip it off of Batman and tag team, like like holding <laughs> the Black Mercy kind of together, yeah. hurl it down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> They're like, does this answer your question? They throw it down. (laughs) Uh, And it does. (laughs) And Mongol is trapped in his own nightmares or dreams. Yes. And it's, again, I love the ending where it just zooms in on the screaming. And I I like to think that they just didn't do anything with his body after that point. They just let him hang. They're just like, he can hang there. I don't use this room that much. Uh, (laughs) Oh, and then we see what Wonder Woman got Batman. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. A new type of rose. That's fair. The nice. Krypton, which weirdly in the comic, uh, the beginning, they're like, what'd you get him? Batman got him the rose. Oh. Or the new kind of like flower. And Wonder Woman's is a surprise. And the joke at the end of the comic is she's like, I got you a replica of the bottled city of Candor now that, you know, they were able to regrow it. And it shows Superman rush to like hide one because he already had one. And he's like, it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love that. I, I think both that joke and then also having Batman be the one to get him the rose. I like both of those things. Yeah, uh, yeah I lot. love the Batman joke in this, but I do think there's something sweet about it. I mean, I feel like Bruce Wayne is like a thoughtful guy. I feel like he's not somebody who actually does value money, uh, <laughs> even yeah, though I, he's I feel, I feel like uh, in, in this version, the easy fix would have been uh, to to have Batman give the rose and have Wonder Woman give the cash. Yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, this Batman kind of comes off like a bit disconnected from uh, reality or other people because, like, in the beginning, he's also sort of backseat driving with uh, Wonder Woman, <laughs> and then yeah, the gift card cash thing. Yeah, they really go. They really go out of the way to be like, oh, when they're just people, they're dorks. Yeah, uh, which which is. 
you know, it's very relatable. I like it. Yeah, and Batman is truly he's played as like kind of the the same shades of himself for the most part. Like he's always like kind of an asshole yeah. <laughs> in in Justice League. When you get small bits of him, he's like absolutely not somebody who's who's fun to work with. <laughs> well, I guess I guess it makes sense because like especially since there are like several other similarly broad-shouldered male heroes <laughs> in the room, you've got to kind of turn up certain personality points in order to have there be contrast. Oh, and it's fun. Uh, yeah. I think it like works every time in the Justice League shows. Um, in the comic, they also end with Superman being like, cool, so you guys, can I get you any coffee? Like, like his, he's like <laughs> walking away. And I, it's like, oh, I wish we had a moment like that too. Yeah, that'd but be fun. That was good. <laughs> I do. If you're like zooming in on Mongol's face and still hearing those sounds, but like kind of it's like tilts up and like they're just talking about getting <laughs> <Yeah>. coffee. Because <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, to justify the trip, they're going to have to hang out a little bit. Like they're not going to, fly all the way there yeah. and just drop off the gifts and leave. They're going to have to actually, you know, they got to hang out. So, yeah. Right. Wonder Woman's not going to hop in that jet and be backseat driven <laughs> <laughs> another five hours. <laughs> 13 hours with Batman. I wanted to be like, it's like, you have your own jet, right? I mean, we don't have to carpool. This is, I was doing you a favor, giving you a ride. <laughs> I want to ask you guys a question now that we've kind of wrapped up the episode. Um, and I know you didn't necessarily like grow up on these shows in particular, but are things from these shows or you guys work in animation and you're, you know, like directors and writers and, and everything. Um, is there stuff that you watched in shows like this that kind of like have influenced the way you approach things now or the things that you like can see as an adult who works in animation that you wouldn't as a kid? Well, when it comes to the way, that, the way that it inspired things that I make now, I think that like um, it absolutely shows like this do expand a lot of your understanding of what a all ages or kids show can be. Mm -hmm. Because again, I mentioned, I mentioned that when I was a very young kid, you know, I was only watching, you know, the kind of shows you'd expect someone of my demographic to watch, you know, kind of wacky comedies. But the fact is that you can have a grounded, relatively serious and also like long-term serialized show about adults for kids. And that's great. And yeah. the funny thing is that like, the current Marvel, you know, the current Marvel universe is the same thing, uh, but as movies, uh, and it's and it is for kids. It's the most popular thing in the universe for kids. And yet, whenever we're trying to make shows, uh, it's always like, no, 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 an adult cannot be on screen for more than four seconds, uh, and we cannot have any <laughs> two adults cannot, talking to each other. Yeah. There's no kid. Every moment How must will be anyone relate. Every moment must be directly relatable to the specific experiences of an actual child. Otherwise, uh, we're going to, to we're going to throw you out the window. Yeah. Um, so it's it's just a reminder of like there has been success in these in these areas and 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 it's like it, it continues to be massive inspiration really. Yeah. yeah. I also think uh, the designs. Well, I I uh, was joking about it earlier. I do think the design theory is really solid. Like especially with everything that began with Batman the animated series is just you could tell how clean but volumetric everything looks. Like it doesn't look boring. It just looks very solid, and you could tell that it's just you know, maximizing the ability to move these characters around in space and animate them well. Yeah, it's like just strong-ass design. And again, because as a kid reading comics, you know, I would look at comics and be like, I will never be able to draw like this. There are so many lines that represent so many things. But then you look at a show, a show like this, and, it, and it's and it's just down to kind of the absolute, super. it's super minimal, but all the things that, you, that I liked about the comics is there. Um, and so it's like, Okay, I, maybe I can work with this. Yeah. Was there anything else, Maddie? Where you looked uh, like you. Oh, I was gonna ask. Like, have you ever seen Big O? No. You should watch Big O. 
Because it's okay. Batman, <laughs> but anime <laughs> in a lot of yeah. ways. Ob- obviously, that's an oversimplification, but I think you'd like it. I think you both know. I mean, you know that I am very, very new to anime. <laughs> I've, I could like count on like two hands what I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll take any and all recommendations. That, that'd be just, easy. That's that's an easy, easy for line. you, like an easy transition point. Yeah. I just watched The Promised Neverland. I enjoyed that. Oh, yeah. Excellent. I've only seen the first season, but very solid. I mean, likewise. I guess I know the second season's supposed to come out, or is I don't know if it's is yeah, it English I think it's coming out right now. now. But part of me is like, I'm fine. Like, no, I don't. I'm satisfied, even though there's plenty of mysteries or whatever. I'm just like, it was just a solid little chunk of a mystery. Yeah, and like, let's I'm, quit. Let's quit where we're I'm ahead. Full. <laughs> yeah. You're always worried when something is really good that it's yeah. going to like not stick the new landing. But yeah. If exactly. it does. Yeah, it's then pretty more satisfying. Power to it, but the fear is too real. Uh, I kind of want to address this on the show because it was you who drew it, Maddie. Um, mm-hmm. In Infinity Train, the show that we worked on. Oh yes, there is a scene in the second season of the show where we see bodies. <laughs> yes. And Are you trying not to spoil it? I'm trying not to spoil it. I'm trying to set set you up to to explain what you had to do, and then who ended up in the the shot. Oh, yeah. Um, yes, there's a shot where there are these bodies suspended in a sort of goo. And uh, you see from a character slide through and on the underside, you could see these characters. And I drew a bunch of maybe uh, at first too closely copywritten. <laughs> but uh, among them is Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Truly, we were, Maddie, you know, was left to to fill in the gaps of what needed to be done uh yeah i just yeah it was filling in a little bit and yeah who else uh at the time i drew jay sherman <laughs> uh mary worth <laughs> dan scott from one tree hill <laughs> all, all in silhouette characters. too maddie loves to her own all devices. in silhouette from like extreme down like upshot so it's like you see the basically the bottom of their feet their calves and like barely anything of them uh, and Jughead Jones from Riverdale slash Archie Comics. Did you draw Jughead in I drew, the comic or I drew or the Riverdale okay. Jughead. Uh, now, also, Jay Sherman, he was drawn in the style of Infinity Train. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, again, it was kind of an extreme upshot, so. Okay. I'm going to do a doodle of what I'm imagining. Initially, it's very obviously Jay Sherman, and I think that one in particular had to be revised, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. What's funny is I think I changed the design on his sweater vest so it wasn't the exact pattern. And also I gave him hair like when he puts on that toupee in the opening. (laughs) (laughs) For people who have never seen Infinity Train, uh, it's a show where people uh, who have various traumas get stuck on an interdimensional train. So we figured, uh, who would have trauma? (laughs) And I mean, short answer, everybody, but Batman for sure. Uh, This is a visual thing, but I tried doing a drawing of what Jay Sherman, what I'm imagining this Jay Sherman drawing look like. (laughs) We can cut me describing a drawing that I'm showing to you. (laughs) No, I think take a picture of it, send (laughs) it, and uh, I'll post it on Twitter. Yeah, look look for it on (laughs) BTAS Podcast on Twitter. Um, But it was very fun because to work in the Cartoon Network building on a Cartoon Network show where also you go in the halls and there's like a drawing of Batman (laughs) in the stairwell uh, and get to put the animated series Batman into the show we're working on. I will, in my brain, say that they're canonically linked. (laughs) Yeah, man. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
Uh, well, where can people find you? Any closing thoughts? All of this sort of wrap-up stuff. What are you working on that you want to share or have worked on? Uh, closing thoughts are thank you, Justin, for having us on your podcast. Yes, I've wanted to do it for a long. I've wanted to do it for a long time. So uh, you know, I, I think the first thing I mentioned was just being mad that Legends of the of the Dark Knight was taken because we did an episode of OKKO <laughs> that was inspired by that. We did the format of it. Um, but yeah, I, hi everyone. Uh, I'm Toby Jones. You can find me at Toby Toby Jones on social media. Uh, please check out OKKO Let's Be Heroes on Hulu and HBO Max. And AJ's Infinite Summer, my Cartoon Network pilot, is on YouTube. And also I have Oreo reviews on Instagram if you want to check those out. They're funny. Fun and funny. <laughs> fun and funny. <laughs> so fun and funny. Uh, I'm Madeline Carypel, And you can find me on Twitter at Hamshears. H-A-M-S-H-E-A-R-S. And otherwise, just watch... Infinity Train on HBO Max, I guess. Uh, I, I think know, that's primarily where we're yeah. going to find it. Yeah, yeah that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. And as for and you can watch a little Batman, watch a little Infinity Train, watch a little OKKO. OK They're all in the same place. Yeah, all the all the greats. Yeah, uh, huh? And Enlightened, of course. Uh, and, and, <laughs> what and this new podcast is about. As for the future... Who the hell knows? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm glad we did your intros at the end of the episode. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for doing this. It, it's the twist. It's the it, what Thanks a for twist. Us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, goodbye. Goodbye. And that was Maddie and Toby. If you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you follow it. And follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at BTAS Podcast and me at Hey Justin. And hey, guess what? You can now donate to the Patreon again because I've updated the tiers for 2021 over at patreon.com slash BTAS Podcast. Dang, now that's cool. Batman the Animated Podcast is hosted and produced by me, Justin Michael. Tom Smith created the show logo and Casey Trela helped produce the theme song. Brian Holmes edited this episode, and Harry Chaskin is the booming voice of the podcast. Thanks again to my guests, Madeline Carapel and Toby Jones. And finally, thank you again to Tori Malatia, you know, who knew that my own birthday was coming up next week. That's the sign of a good friend. And he was kind enough, he was kind enough to say, Happy birthday, Kryptonian. I give you oblivion. Aw, man, you shouldn't have Tori. I always meant to play the video game Oblivion, and, well, now I can, thanks to you. Well, that's all for this week, you guys. See you next week for another new episode. Bye-bye.